least in terms of like time spent on this bonus at this point, I would say probably on the phone, it's been over 10 hours. And it's not just me because this is P2's account. So she's had to be on the phone with me the whole time for those calls to authorize me to talk to the agents. So between the two of us, we're looking at like 20 plus hours on the phone trying to get everyone welcome to episode 42 of the daily churn today's episode is going to be a recap of all of the things that i churned in april and april turned into a pretty busy month as well it was mainly occupied by just getting all of my taxes done which as a churner is always a pain every year i think the end tally was close to almost 100 1099s between myself and p2 and inputting all of that into TurboTax and making sure everything looks good is always kind of a, a time-consuming process. But that's fully done and out the way. Then also ended up spending just an inordinate amount of time doing the Wells Fargo brokerage bonus, which I'll get into a little bit more. But yeah, that ended up taking a lot longer than expected. And it's still kind of in process. So that was sort of my April. But I did manage to still do a bunch of other churns, including bank bonuses, credit cards, some freebies and discounts, and of course, even meal kits. So we'll be covering all of those today. But before we get into that, just a reminder that there is a newsletter for this podcast, which gets sent out whenever one of these new episodes comes out and contains all of the things that we're going to talk about today, along with links and all that good stuff. And by subscribing to the newsletter, you also get access to the live churn tracker that I have at the dailychurnpodcast.com, which lists, again, all of these churns as I do them along with notes and data points. So if you haven't checked that out yet, definitely take a look. But otherwise, let's dive right back into the recap. Starting with brokerages, since uh, April did turn into kind of a, a brokerage month, the big one that I've been tackling is that Wells Fargo $2,500 brokerage bonus. And just a reminder, that one was for depositing $250,000 in assets into Wells Fargo. And that can be either cash or investments. Or in the case of Wells Fargo, they actually allow IRAs as well. So your retirement account, which usually is excluded. So that's where the unique part of this bonus comes in and was particularly appealing to us because my wife has a 401k that would qualify. And usually we don't earn any bonuses on a 401k because it's excluded from brokerage bonuses. Originally, it was expiring on April 1st, but they've since extended that to July 1st. So if you haven't done it yet, and it's something that you can qualify for, definitely recommend doing it with some caveats. So I kind of thought this process would be pretty easy once we'd done the in-branch piece, and it has turned into quite the saga. And I'm actually re-recording this piece right now because originally I recorded this bit and it turned into almost 30 minutes of me essentially just ranting about the huge headache this has turned into, which... I don't think anyone needs to listen to 30 minutes of that. So I'm redoing it and just doing the quick and dirty summary of exactly what went wrong. And hopefully this will be helpful for you if you're trying to move a retirement account to do this bonus or just in general, if you ever have to move your 401k into an IRA or you're changing employers, all of that stuff I think a lot of us don't think about until we have to actually do. And boy, is it a pain in the ass. So the TLDR of it is that my wife has a 401k at Vanguard and trying to move that over to Wells Fargo is an extremely tedious process because most firms don't have a process in place for you to ACATS, which is the stock equivalent of an ACH direct deposit, 
Moving stocks over uses the ACATS process, and most firms don't have an outgoing ACATS process built in because they don't really want to support you moving stocks out of their brokerage. They have an incoming process built in where they'll pull stocks in because that makes the money. They increase the amount of assets they have at the brokerage. But no one's incentivized to build this ACATS process to move money out. So initially, we'd called Vanguard to be like, hey, let's move these stocks over to Wells Fargo. And they're like, sure, no problem. Let's submit a ticket. And the thing to note about Vanguard is everything is very manual at Vanguard and it is very slow and their web UI is extremely outdated. So it took like a week, week and a half for them to get back to us being like, hey, we don't actually support ACATs out of Vanguard, at least for their retirement plans. So you need to contact Wells Fargo. Contacting Wells Fargo, they're like, hey, yeah, we could totally do this. Let's send you a form to DocuSign. That whole turnaround takes about a week. And then they get back to us saying, hey, we actually don't support ACATs from a 401k into Wells Fargo, which is kind of weird. But I mean, they're a new-ish brokerage. And I guess they just don't have that process set up in place either. They're like, the only things we really support for retirement accounts is moving an IRA over to an IRA here. If you want to move from a 401k into an IRA, the only way to do that is to have Vanguard cash out all of your stocks into a check and send us the check, which you don't want to do, right? Because that's going to take like a month. And while that's processing, your money is not in the market. It's in cash. And during that time, you could easily lose more than $2,500 by not being in the stock market if the stocks went up. So we got punted around between Vanguard and Wells Fargo for a few weeks where each party said we couldn't move our money, which is pretty ridiculous considering these are your investments and you should be able to move them into different brokerage accounts at a different company. And I guess real quick for those folks listening that aren't in the US, IRAs are essentially retirement accounts in the US. 401ks are also retirement accounts. The difference is that the 401k is something your employer sets up and an IRA is something that you set up. And they're essentially the same thing other than who sets it up. And the thing to note with 401ks is that if you leave your employer, your 401k still exists. Or if you move to a new employer, you can then roll over that 401k to the new employer's 401k. Or if you decide to, you can just roll over that 401k into the IRA, which is the thing that you own. And so in the case of Wells Fargo, they support IRA to IRA transfers, but not a 401k to an IRA transfer if that 401k is at a different firm. And so that ended up being the opening that we used to try and make this bonus happen, which was that we had a Vanguard rep basically advise us like, hey, since Wells Fargo doesn't let you move that 401k, what if this 401k, you just roll it over into an IRA first at Vanguard? So the Vanguard 401k rolls over into a Vanguard IRA. And now that it's in an IRA, now you'll be able to go to Wells Fargo and have them do an IRA to IRA ACATS transfer. So that ended up being the process that we had to take and now involved multiple ACATS transfers. Because the other thing with Vanguard is Vanguard's not really a trading platform. Like Vanguard has a good reputation in the US because they're kind of old school. They're the folks who came up with the whole index fund strategy. So they're not really about supporting individual stock trades. So if you want to do individual stock trades, Vanguard has a contract with TD Ameritrade to provide their self-directed brokerage services. And so that's what we ended up having was that our employer went through Vanguard and Vanguard had set up an account for us at TD Ameritrade. 
And so as you can imagine, that complicated the process because now in order to roll over that 401k into an IRA at Vanguard, Vanguard actually had to contact TD Ameritrade to submit an ACATS transfer so the stocks could move from TD Ameritrade back into the Vanguard IRA. And so we submitted that. And again, Vanguard is just very slow. I would not recommend Vanguard for anything at this point because it took him three full weeks to process that ACATS transfer, whereas most other firms like Fidelity and even Wells Fargo takes five business days. So three weeks later, finally, the 401k funds were now in a Vanguard IRA and we could go back to Wells Fargo and submit this IRA to IRA ACATS transfer, which they do support. And just to give you a bit of a timeline, by now it was, I think, May 1st or May 2nd that the funds were available and we were able to go on Wells Fargo and actually submit the transfer online. And quick thanks to Chuck and BW over at the DOC comments for this thread because they responded to my frantic comments being like, how do I submit this ACAS transfer at Wells Fargo? Because Wells Fargo has a dropdown and they list Vanguard as Vanguard Marketing Corporation which is not what any other firm lists Vanguard as. And so I was like, is Vanguard Marketing Corporation the same thing as Vanguard? I don't know. I don't have time for any mistakes at this point because I had until May 15th to get all of this done because with this bonus, I opened it on April 1st and you have 45 days for that money to show up at Wells Fargo to qualify for the bonus. And by now, just with how long Vanguard took with everything, I was already 30 days in with 15 days left to go and there just wasn't any room left for errors. Luckily, Chuck confirmed that, yeah, he used Vanguard Marketing Corporation and that worked. And then BW was like, hey, yeah, the Vanguard account number should be eight or nine digits. And that was fine. And so I felt pretty good about it. And I submitted it online, which was nice, not having to do any paper forms and thought I was done. But a couple days later, I got an email from Wells Fargo saying, hey, Vanguard rejected your ACATS transfer. They didn't give us a reason. You need to contact Vanguard which was a a massive disappointment. And so then I had to call Vanguard and it turns out that Vanguard rejected it for just their fraud detection reasons, which they didn't really expand on. But then it got approved a day later. So it got flagged and then unflagged. But during this flagging and unflagging, the rejection was already sent to Wells Fargo. So now I had to go to Wells Fargo and resubmit the ACATS transfer. And by now it was like May 3rd or May 4th. And yeah, resubmitted it with Wells Fargo. It's been a couple of days now and I haven't received a rejection notice from Wells Fargo. So I'm cautiously optimistic that this is all going to go through, but we're cutting it really close because I'm recording this on Sunday, May 7th, and the funds haven't left Vanguard yet and they haven't shown up at Wells Fargo yet. And I have until May 15th, which is a week away for this to all go through. So fingers crossed. And I'll share an update in the, uh, the May recap on how this all ended up shaking out. But just in terms of like time spent on this bonus at this point, I would say probably on the phone, it's been over 10 hours. And it's not just me because this is P2's account. So she's had to be on the phone with me the whole time for those calls to authorize me to talk to the agents. So between the two of us, we're looking at like 20 plus hours on the phone trying to get this bonus sorted, which is definitely way more than I thought it was going to be. But think if it all works out, it still ends up being worth it in the end because it's a $2,500 bonus, right? So even with 20 hours, that's over a $100 bill rate, which is pretty good by any industry standards. So yeah, fingers crossed and um, we'll see how it all goes. Since I was already in that brokerage kind of a mindset in April, I just started doing other brokerage bonuses as well. 
And we ended up doing the Fidelity $100 bonus for a $50 deposit. And this one's been around for a while, actually. It's that Fidelity 100 promo code. And it seems that you can actually double or potentially triple dip this bonus because I'd gotten the bonus before for an investment account. And so I was opening the investment account there again since the previous one was closed. And I applied the Fidelity 100 code and initially got an email from Fidelity being like, hey, promo code's been applied. Just do the $50 deposit and you'll get the bonus, which I was like, great, you can double dip this. And then like 20 minutes later, I got another email from Fidelity being like, hey, looks like you're not actually eligible for this bonus. These are all just automated emails, by the way. So I'm not sure why it even sent the first confirmation email just to send a later rejection email. However, I had my wife also open a Fidelity brokerage account and she had gotten the bonus previously on a retirement account, a Roth IRA at Fidelity. Now she was opening the individual one and she received the confirmation email saying that, hey, the bonus has been applied and she didn't get a rejection email. I also opened a joint account at Fidelity for both of us because with Fidelity, it is just so easy to open new accounts. And once you have a joint account, you can actually move your stocks between your individual account and your joint account. So that's how you can easily transfer stocks between you and a P2 to help meet other brokerage bonuses, which I'll get into more, and I think, in the May or June recap because I'm planning on tackling that Wells Fargo bonus again for myself. But yeah, I ended up opening the joint account for the both of us and applying that Fidelity 100 code and got the confirmation email that the bonus was applied and also didn't get a rejection email. So I'm cautiously optimistic that both my P2's investment account bonus and the joint account bonus will go through because I think the rationale there is that the joint account, because it has two owners, is a different account type than an individual account, which is a different account type than a retirement account. So fingers crossed, we'll see if the, the triple dip ends up panning out and hopefully I'll know more in the, uh, the next recap. Then we also opened the Ally Invest accounts for the $100 bonus for depositing $50 three times, like three recurring $50 deposits over the course of three months. And that seems to be a targeted bonus. So there is a public page for it, and I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes. But it's questionable if you need a targeted code as well. But both P2 and I received the targeted email because we both have savings accounts at Ally. So I went ahead and opened that. Everything seemed to go through pretty okay. P2 also opened hers, but it went into pending. A day later, got approved. But then when she tries to access that invest account online, she gets a message saying that her investment account is being restricted and calling Ally. No one seems to know why it's being restricted. So they've opened the case. So TBD on what happens with that. Hopefully we'll find out in the next week or two why her new account got restricted. But at least mine for now seems to have gone through just fine. Finally, on the brokerage front, there was Moomoo Invest, which I covered in the previous recap. That was the one where you get 15 free stocks if you join using a referral link. And those free stocks are worth at least $50. In our case, they ended up being about $60. But you do have to deposit $1,000. And the thing with that $1,000 is that you have to leave it there for 60 days in order to unlock your free stocks. And so what I did with $1,000 is I just ended up buying nine SGOV and one BIL stock. They're roughly about $100 each. And those stocks are just essentially super stable short-term treasury ETFs. So for me, they're like the next best thing to buying actual treasury bills because Moomoo doesn't support treasury bills, but you can buy these short-term treasury ETFs that return roughly like 2%, but it's better than just having your cash sit 
earning 0%. And they are extremely stable because I think they only invest in the really short term one to three month T-bills. So just waiting for the 60 days to pass on that. So I won't count the free stock bonuses yet. But we did get some referral bonuses from Moomoo that do deposit immediately. There's no waiting period for those. And the program is if you refer someone, you get two free Bank of America stock, which are worth around $27 as of right now. So about 50 bucks total for referring someone. And so I got 50 bucks for referring my P2. Then also got another eight referrals from a combination of posting my referral link on the DOC referral thread, as well as listeners on this podcast. So I think Maddie and a few others used my link from the show. So really appreciate that, you guys, because those eight referrals ended up being worth $400 in Bank of America stock, plus the referral from my P2 for a total of $450 in Moomoo Invest referrals in April. Moving on to banks, I also tried a couple uh, fintech app banks in April. The first one didn't really work out, which was GoToBank, which had a $100 referral bonus. And during sign-up, both myself and P2, right after we uploaded our driver's license, got a message saying that we couldn't verify your driver's license and we were instant denied, which was kind of weird because it's the same driver's license we use for every other account and it is a valid driver's license. So... I'm not sure what kind of verification service they're outsourcing those verifications to, but it did not like our driver's license. And weirdly, the same thing actually happened with us at Wealthfront. So Wealthfront is that bank account that has, I think, a four to four and a half percent interest rate. So a lot of my friends use Wealthfront. And when you refer someone, they get a, I think, half a percent interest rate bump. So my friend referred me and my wife and we tried to join. And got the same thing. Like after uploading our driver's license, we got an email saying our account's been denied because they couldn't verify our identity. So I'm thinking maybe GoToBank and Wealthfront uses the same service for verifications and for some reason just doesn't like our driver's licenses. So yeah, both of those were a fail for us, unfortunately, in April. But I did also apply for Oxygen Bank for both myself and P2. And that one did work. So similar to GoToBank, it's $100 via referral. And the requirements to get the $100 were to make five debit transactions and do a $500 dark deposit within 60 days. So TBD still on what qualifies exactly as a direct deposit with Oxygen Bank. It sounds like they've switched up their banking partner. So there's not too many data points right now. I'm personally trying WISE to see if that will work. The good news is that it seems the bonus posts within like 20 minutes of you doing a successful direct deposit. So at least it's very easy to test and try different ones if the first one doesn't work. So trying WISE right now, I did refer my P2 as well. So I'm hoping if everything goes smoothly with WISE, it ends up being an easy $300. But yeah, if you want to give it a try, my referral link is at thedailychurnpodcast.com. And if you figure out before me what works to qualify for the dark deposit, definitely leave a comment and let me know what worked and what didn't. More on the traditional side of banks, we also opened the Gateway checking account, which was a $250 bonus for doing a $250 direct deposit within 90 days. And with that account, the strategy seems to be to fund it with $250 when you open the account first, because there's also a requirement to maintain a $250 average daily balance during those 90 days. So you don't want to have any period where you have a $0 balance. So you fund it with $250 during opening and then do that $250 dark deposit. And so I'm going to try WISE again. There's not a lot of data points right now on exactly what qualifies. So fingers crossed that one works. 
There was also the US Bank business checking account that got extended and refreshed. So now it's a $500 bonus for making a $5,000 deposit or $750 bonus for making a $15,000 deposit. Both are pretty good. I mean, obviously, the $500 bonus probably makes more sense for most people. I think we're probably going to do that one instead of tying up $15,000. But both beat the current interest rates even at like 5%. So either option is pretty viable. I'm actually just waiting to open this bank bonus until I get a new credit card, which I'll talk about shortly. But the reason I'm waiting is that US Bank now has up to $3,000 of credit card funding when you open one of these accounts. And so if you have a card that needs credit card spend, it's a great way to knock out a bunch of spend. You can even open a US Bank personal checking account too and get another $3,000 of credit card spend. Sadly, the personal checking bonus just expired, I think, a month ago. So you may want to just wait until that bonus comes around again. But if you are just desperate to meet your spend, you could just open a personal checking at US Bank without the bonus. For us, just waiting until we have the uh, a new credit card to put the spend on. And I think this business checking bonus now goes until June 30th. So plenty of time to open up a new card. Finally, on the bank front, there was just a $40 from Laurel Road. So $20 for me, $20 for P2 that we get every month for transferring in $2,500. And I've covered this a bunch in previous recaps, so I won't go into it too much. But yeah, uh, a free $40 in April from Laurel Road for a total of $40 across all banks in April because all the other bank accounts I'm working on are kind of just still in motion, but hopefully those will pay off in the following months. Next up, we have credit cards. So the credit card that I'm waiting to be under 524 to open is the IHG business card, which is at an all-time high right now. It's 165,000 points for only $3,000 worth of spend. And 165,000 IHG points, I mean, it kind of depends on where you're trying to travel to. But in our area, you can get a Kimpton night for 30,000 points. So that's like five free Kimpton nights for us, which is a great deal. And if you recall from the March recap, I had opened the IHG personal card for 175,000 IHG points for $3,000 of spend. So my plan is to kind of just pair those together and stock up on IHG points. I used to spend most of my nights at Hyatt's and I'd been Globalist or Diamond back then for close to 12 or 13 years. And finally this year, I I relinquished my Globalist status because we're just not planning on traveling as much. We're trying to do the whole homesteading thing and get some animals and some chickens and all that stuff. So less traveling, no longer top tier status at Hyatt. So I'm kind of branching out to other hotel chains. And I hadn't really stayed at ISG hotels much before, but Having recently stayed at some Kimptons and Intercontinentals, I'm like, these are actually pretty nice. And so being able to get like five, six free nights from each of those cards means that we'll have, I think, 10 to 12 free Kimpton nights, essentially, which is perfect for my current travel pattern because it means that we can just do one-off nights in the city as kind of like a mini getaway versus these long extended trips. So yeah, just waiting to be under 524, which should happen in the next week or two to open this card. And that way I can then open the US Bank business checking account and fund it with the $3,000 and just immediately meet the spend for this card. So hopefully just a quick and easy bonus. Meanwhile, while waiting for my 524, I did open a new card for P2. She is under 524. And that was the Marriott Bonvoy Boundless card, which is offering five free nights for $5,000 of spend. And those free nights were pretty nice because the certificates they issued were worth up to 50,000 points per night. 
And with Bonvoy now, you can actually top up those certificates by up to 15,000 points using your own points. So a certificate can be used at places that are as high as 65,000 points. So that does expand the range of options available with these certificates, which is always a good thing. But Bonvoy is also just notorious for how hard their hotels game the award system, because now Bonvoy has a lot of hotels where their award nights are, as you might guess, 67,000 points per night, just above that 65,000 point range so that they don't have to accept these certificates. But that said, you know, Bonvoy is such a massive program that there are still a lot of good redemption options out there if you look for them. The nice part too with these certificates is that they post immediately after you hit your spend. So you don't have to wait for a statement close. So if you have a place in mind, you can hit that 5k spend very quickly and get your certificates immediately. And then you have a year to use those certificates. I think the main offer sadly has expired now, but someone did post in the DOC comments a working link to the offer. And it's not super clear if that's like one of those private pre-approved links that could potentially lead to issues with Chase, maybe even a shutdown. But, you know, as always with these kinds of things, YMMV and just sort of use your own judgment on whether the risk reward is, is potentially worth it. In April, there was also a Chase Inc. Unlimited bonus that did post, which was the 75,000 point bonus offer, not the 90,000 point one, because I had P2 refer me when that offer changed because she would get 40,000 points instead of 20,000 points for the referral. And then I had also messaged Chase to match that 75,000 point offer to the 90,000 point offer, which they confirmed. And that 15K match also posted in April. And the 40K for my P2 for referring me also posted in April. And there was about 9,000 points from spend because it's the Inc. Unlimited card, which offers 1.5 points per dollar. And you have to spend $6,000. So you end up getting 9,000 points from that $6,000 of spend. So adding all of those up, there was the 75,000 plus 15 plus 40 plus nine for a total of 139,000 points from one single Inc. Unlimited, which was pretty amazing. I think that's the highest amount of points I've ever gotten from one single Chase card. So that posted in April and also a couple more Chase referrals ended up posting. So I got two 40,000 point referrals for referring two of my friends over FaceTime right when that offer changed over from the 90K to the 75K. And I did offer to split my referral bonus with them, like just 50-50, if they're not able to get their offer matched from 75 to 90. So we'll see if that ends up going through. But for now, in my accounts, I ended up getting 219,000 chase points in April. Finally, on the credit card front, I tried applying for the Capital One Venture Card. Not the Venture X, just the regular Venture Card, which is 75,000 points for $4,000 of spend because I was already over 524. So I was like, hey, let's just try some of these other cards. And this one is notoriously hard to get approved for because they'll deny you for having too much income, too little income, too many open cards, too many active cards, like all kinds of things. And as sort of expected, I did also get denied for this one as well. But I figured I'd try and do it just for the data point. And the reasons they gave for denying me were that I had too many active open cards, which is true because I try not to close my cards. I try and downgrade cards to cards that don't have an annual fee so that I can maintain the average age of accounts of my credit cards, which helps with my credit card score. So I have a lot of open cards. So that was one reason. And I guess too many were opened in the last 24 months was the other reason 
which also makes sense because I've opened five personal cards in the last 24 months. So apparently 524 is also too high for this Capital One Venture card. So no luck there, unfortunately. Tallying up the credit card bonuses, it was just the 219,000 points from Chase. Moving right on to freebies and discounts. The big one in April was the Target red cards. So I opened a Target debit red card for me and got the $40 coupon, which is worth $80 because you can use it online and in store. Then P2 opened the reloadable card, which she also got a $40 coupon times two for $160 total from Target in April. And just a heads up that the red card offer, the $40 coupon thing, is back right now from April 30th through May 27th. But one thing to note is that they did change the terms a little bit where the reloadable card is now excluded from the $40 coupon. So I know a lot of us were excited for another form of red card that we could churn, but sadly, the reloadable has been removed and it's back to just churning the debit red card, which you can do every 90 days. I also got a $10 off of $25 at Amazon for doing a pickup using the code PICKUP10OFF. And that was a super easy one because, you know, discounts on Amazon are as good as cash. And with Amazon pickups, you just go grab it at a Whole Foods and we shop at Whole Foods anyway. So just a very streamlined process to the point where I'm like, oh, this pickup option is actually pretty nice. Maybe I will just send my stuff over to Whole Foods instead of having them come deliver to us because we're kind of up in the middle of nowhere. So it's a long drive for the Amazon driver. And we have two dogs that just go absolutely crazy when they come. So it's actually not a bad option going forward. So that $10 might have actually convinced us to switch over. And I'm sure it's more lucrative for Amazon to have everyone just pick it up at a Whole Foods instead of actually delivering to you. There was also a Southwest voucher that I got twice for $200 each. So $400 total in free Southwest money. And technically, this isn't really a churn, but I'm going to count it anyway, because what ended up happening is that with Southwest, after the whole holiday delay fiasco, it seems that if you have delays, they will just email you automatically now to send you these delay vouchers. And I didn't have to reach out at all. It was for a couple flights that I booked for my parents that got super delayed. Like due to weather, they couldn't land and they were circling for an hour. And then the plane ran out of fuel and had to go to a nearby airport to refuel, then wait out the weather to try again for a landing at the original airport. So the whole thing was a mess. You know, I think they were delayed like four or five hours, which really sucked. But a couple of days after their flight landed, I got an email saying, hey, really sorry about the delay. Here's $200 for each person. So not sure if everyone just gets that now for delays or if it's only a super egregious delay, but worth looking out for if you have a, a Southwest flight booked and it runs late. Tallying up the freebies and discounts, we got the 160 from Target, $10 from Amazon and 400 from Southwest for a total of $570 in freebies and discounts in April. Finally, we have meal kits. And I've been slowly getting back into meal kits now that I'm done with vacation and fully recovered from being sick. So I'm able to actually cook meals. And so we had a couple really big boxes come in from HelloFresh in April because with HelloFresh now, you can have up to eight meals in a single box. And, you know, that's a lot of cooking because the food will expire in like a week. So we're kind of on a, a cooking spree right now. But the reason we get eight meals in a single box is because we keep getting these reactivation offers from HelloFresh in the mail, which gives us 75% off of the first box. And so if you get 75% off, you want to put as many meals as possible in that first box. 
And it ends up being a really good deal. It ends up being, I think, just around $4 per meal for two people. And we personally really enjoy HelloFresh meals. Like we think they taste pretty good. And for the most part, if you order the right things, they're quite healthy as well. So yeah, just been doing a lot of HelloFresh cooking. And because we got those boxes, we have a couple more HelloFresh free box codes. So they used to give you like three of those free box codes to give to friends in every box. Now they only give you one of them. So I guess they're not trying to expand as heavily anymore. But I have two HelloFresh free box codes if you want to give HelloFresh a try. Just leave a comment at thedailychurnpodcast.com and I'll shoot those over to you. And just a heads up too, I think on the March recap comment section, a couple people have left their HelloFresh free box codes there as well. So if you're looking for a code, check out the comment section too from the previous recap and you can try using one of those. I'd also gotten a tip from Blue Quizzical Clocks on Reddit. Man, that's quite the username who told me about EveryPlate, which apparently is just another company owned by HelloFresh, except it's cheaper. But it's basically the same meals as HelloFresh. They just spend less money on marketing. And my rough theory for EveryPlate is that they're probably just the overflow company for HelloFresh. Like HelloFresh makes all of these meals, but they don't want to degrade their pricing by offering extra meals for cheaper. So they go through another company like EveryPlate to offer the same meals at a lower price. It's kind of like how Verizon owns Visible to sell cheaper Verizon service. And T-Mobile just bought Mint to do the same thing. This is essentially the same thing, but in Milkit form. So I got a free box code that I'm going to try for every plate. And yeah, I'll report back on, on how we like it. Because hopefully it's as good as HelloFresh, which would be great because it'd be cheaper. And we could kind of slot that into our regular Milkit rotation. But yeah, we'll report back once we get that delivered. We're just right now trying to get through all of those HelloFresh meals. So I think maybe later in May is when we'll get that every plate delivery. All right, so tallying up everything, we've got brokerages, $450 from Moomoo Invest, banks, the $40 from Laura Road that we get every month, credit cards, 219,000 Chase Ultimate Reward Points, freebies and discounts, we got $570 from Target, Amazon, and Southwest, and meal kits, just a ton of really cheap food, but I won't count those here because we probably wouldn't order these meal kits in the first place if the discounts weren't so good. So adding all those together, we've got a total of $1,060 plus 219,000 ultimate reward points in April. Not too bad. Cutting it pretty close again there on the, uh, the cash side of things, but definitely very happy with the, uh, the pretty big chase points haul. And, you know, there's a lot of things now queued up for the following months. Sometimes you've got to just put the time in to sow a lot of these bonuses so that you can harvest them later. And April is definitely one of those months. All right, folks, that's it for this episode. If you want to get notified when one of these episodes comes out, along with the summary, with links and all that good stuff, there's a newsletter at thedailychurnpodcast.com that you can sign up for, which also then gets you access to the live churn tracker, which has all of these churns listed along with data points and notes. So take a look when you get a chance. Otherwise, I'll catch you all next time. Thanks for tuning in. See ya.